you know that Stockton just got named as having the hottest women in America, right? Yeah, that doesn't really come as a big surprise to me. <laughs> Touche. From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 96 for June 30th, 2014. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. Matt, you had a chance to sit down this week with Tim Vile. Yeah, Tim took a job at the record more than 20 years ago, and he and his family moved from Ohio out to Stockton. After a couple of years as the ad director at the record, Tim moved on to a couple of other organizations before retiring as the executive director of the Emergency Food Bank. In retirement, Tim has stayed very busy and very active supporting uh, organizations and nonprofits in Stockton and San Joaquin County. And you and I, Matt, talk a little bit about Stockton making the list. I am joined today by local retiree, writer, former executive director in the nonprofit world, and many more things, uh, Tim Vile. Tim, thanks for coming into uh, studios to talk on Podcast Stockton. You bet. Tim, you've done a lot of stuff in Stockton um, for many years, and you've had lots of roles, lots of hats, but let's start with, uh, with how long you've been here. When, when did you come to Stockton? Uh, thanks, Matt. I, we arrived here in 1991, fresh out of a two-and-a-half-year gig with the Toledo Blade in Ohio. The Toledo Blade? Mm-hmm. The Toledo Blade. What is that? Uh, I worked for five daily papers in my newspaper career. The fourth one was the Toledo Blade. I grew up between Akron and Cleveland, so I knew Ohio. Moved back there in, I believe it was 89, when my kids were in high school. My daughters and my wife hated Ohio. Toledo wasn't too bad a town, but my wife and kids hated it. Uh, so when that that job kind of wound down, I was hired by the Stockton Record, and they brought me back as their ad director. Wow, so you moved to Stockton to work for the Record. Yes. And um, you started, uh, and you were you said the ad director, so you were responsible for selling the ads, getting the... Getting the uh, uh, the revenue in. Those were the days before Craigslist came along and <laughs> took all their classified away. But yeah, I was ad director there for two and a half years and had a pretty good ad staff and enjoyed those two and a half years. So did you have one person dedicated to the Central Mart spread? <laughs> Full in fact, Central. one of my good buddies that handled Central Mart for years just retired himself about a year ago. Oh, and, wow. But uh, so long, Central Mart. That's, you a, that's know, the thing about stock. I mean, you think about, I think about the the record and advertising i have to think about centromart because that was such a such an epic advertiser i mean they were um, well to show you how newspapers have changed early on in my couple of years we we had convinced emporium capwell or emporium which was still the great department store at the time to shift out of pre-printed inserts back into ads in the paper and signed I've forgotten now, a million-dollar contract or something, a revenue-based contract, the biggest the record I'd ever had, only to have Emporium Capital go out of business a few years later. Oh, no. <laughs> so the, the newspapers have seen a lot of that in the tough years of the 90s and the first 
decade of this century. Wow. So then how long were you with the record? I was there two and a half years, and uh, even then you could feel that newspapers were going to have tougher years with competition and electronic media and that kind of thing. So an opportunity came up to join the Chamber of Commerce as their business development director, and I moved sideways and worked for the Chamber for four years. So I I always, um, I was telling you before we started recording, seems like so many people in Stockton either know you or they've heard your name and they know it from one little sliver of what of all the things you've done and I the one I've always identified with is the um, executive director of the emergency food bank so when when did that come from uh, you're retired from there but where uh, when, when did you start I, doing I that? went from the Chamber of Commerce after four years and I believe I started in the fall of 1997 as the first exec director of the downtown Stockton Alliance oh, yeah. So I and a number of good folks, staff and board, put the alliance together. I was there five and a half years. We're the folks that started the Friday Farmers Market, did the first big event in Weber's Point, or Weber Point, excuse me, which was a harvest festival, I think, in the, I think it was the fall of 1999. Wow. Uh, and after five and a half years, I moved from that to a social nonprofit, the Emergency Food Bank, whose board I'd been on a few years previously and knew what they did and thought they were doing good work and had a lot of potential. And and how and you were with the, the food bank for how long as the executive director? I retired a year and a half ago after just shy of 10 years with the okay. food bank. And one of the things that uh, that uh, made me very aware of who you were was the annual um, run, run against hunger. Run against hunger that was put on uh, sponsored by the emergency food bank. Um, sure. How'd that get started? Well, I, I believe with the Downtown Alliance, I had worked with the food bank, and we'd done a couple of walks for food and shelter with Habitat for Humanity and the food bank. So they'd toyed with something just prior to Thanksgiving, but you'll recollect, if you go back 15 years, all the runs and whatever in town, 150 people was a huge turnout back yeah. in those days. So I had the good fortune to have Ralph Womack join the board, former police captain Ralph, who is now the peacekeeper's Mm-hmm. or was Operation Ceasefire now mm-hmm. head for the city working part-time, full-time hours jammed into part-time work. Uh, and he was on the board, and we both scratched our heads, and we knew that up in Sacramento they were doing the Thanksgiving... Turkey trot or something. Right? I forget the name of it now right off the top of my head, something like that. And they were drawing about 15,000 people on Thanksgiving morning. So we finally said a couple of years when I was on the job, why don't we run the risk of trying something Thanksgiving morning? So we did. We thought we'd get two or 300 people started at the ballpark, Stockton Ports Ballpark. And we got 800 people that first year. And it went from 800, I think, to 1,200 to 1,900. And now it's about 4,000 people. So it's the food bank's far and away biggest moneymaker. It's a big, fun event. As Ralph would call it, if you were here, he'd call it the new community tradition, which I think it is. And it's a three-mile and six-mile choice all along both sides of the downtown waterfront. It's We've only had one year out of, this will be the 10th year, I believe. Uh, all the days have been nice. We had a little bit of rain, I think, about three years ago, but only on the last 10 minutes of the yeah. run. So it's a pretty run and yeah. walk. And literally about 60% of the people that actually show up are walkers. They're not runners. Yeah. They walk. And, and, you know, you're right about it. it it's the new tradition. It's the, you know, my wife and family and I have done it the last number of years, and it, it, it absolutely is one of those things where, 
you know, no matter what, I mean, it's Thanksgiving morning. It's just what you do. You just get up in the morning, you get everybody in your family. And every year we see people that have fam- every year we're being introduced to, Hey, here's my aunt Sally or whatever. My grandpa from Indiana, they, everybody comes out and does it. The crowd gets bigger every year. Well, Ralph Womack on the board and Tony Womack or Tony Vice, excuse me, of Fleet Feet, yeah. they deserve credit. Ralph has probably put in 8,000 hours for that event in the last nine years. And Tony Vice is a huge promoter and events guy. And those two guys working together have been a huge help. I did volunteer just so your listeners will maybe pick up on this. I volunteered with Ralph and Tony just in the last few weeks to try and help work on developing more elementary school teams. So if your listeners yeah. have kids at whatever elementary school or even the few junior highs we have and they want to get a school running team cooking along, contact me or Ralph and we'll we'll help them start a team. Wow, great. So even though you're retired from the food bank, you're still uh, still around for the for the annual uh, Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, I've I've been a little bit involved with the food bank in the last year and a half, not too much, although now getting back involved with the Run Against Hunger. I'm on the Friends of the Fox board. I'm on as you are the San Joaquin Bike Coalition board, which is fun. Uh, National Ski Patrol Far West Division board, which is interesting group that covers three states and and uh, starting a blogging and writing career of some <laughs> sort in the last year or so. And you mentioned Friends of the Fox. Um. Got on that board uh, shortly after I joined the Downtown Alliance. And some of your listeners may recollect the theater was closed, I believe, in the early 90s. The Friends of the Fox, with the city's help, a lot of support from the city then and now, got it started uh, with one classic movie a month, and that Friends of the Fox board continues to do that to this day. Uh, we got Raiders of the Lost Ark coming. Raiders of the Lost Ark coming up on July 13th, a Raiders of the Ark lookalike contest. Oh wow! Uh, so we're selling fedoras that we're purchasing at cost from Dorfman Pacific, uh, and that's been a fun board. Uh, and I went off that board for a couple of years, then came back on a couple of years ago when they needed marketing and newsletter help. Well, you um, also mentioned that you're on the uh, the San Joaquin Bike Coalition. We've talked to uh, Michael Caponio on the show, and of course, I am on that board as well. But what 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 drew you to the uh, to the Bike Coalition? Well, I've I used to be a pretty semi-serious recreational runner until I got into my 60s and my knees started to bother me. So I would, in the past, when I'd have knee problems, I'd fall back on my old Takara 10-speed that I had mm-hmm. from purchased, I think, in 1974 that weighed about 48 pounds. <laughs> and uh, long, we, long before carbon fiber. <laughs> we started the food bank about six years ago, the bike for food and shelter and I got some help at the time from the Stockton Bike Club about picking out safe routes to get from UOP down to the ballpark and to go north and south and I met a few friendly people in the Stockton Bike Club but what I also found having been a member since then for about six or seven years many of their members are these lean mean fit (laughs) 50 and 60 year olds that want to bike 100 miles every Saturday or Sunday I can bike 20 or 25 miles, but I'm not into the 50 or 60 or 100 mile rides much. And I think I met Michael through 
I forget how I met Michael, through I think one of the bike events that the food bank was working on, and he mentioned the San Joaquin Bike Coalition, designed to be an advocacy group and a group to promote safe biking, mostly in Stockton, not just Stockton, but Stockton in the county. But I like the fact that they were going after more occasional bicyclists and trying to advocate for safe biking practices and more bike lanes and more bike trails and that kind of thing. So I got on the board, and shortly after that, you got on the board, and it's been fun, and, and yeah, we've I got think, a lot of irons in the fire. I think I think if I remember right, um, I think you and I, uh, it's been said that you and I bring age <laughs> to the board, um, which is quite comical because um, I... Um, you're very youthful and I'm very youthful, but it's, it's in <laughs> that environment. We're, we are, uh, we, we both together tip the scale of age way to the other end. <laughs> well, I think I'd been on the board about eight or nine months and I looked around and the average age was probably upper twenties, thirties. <laughs> and I don't believe there's one board member that had any kids of school age. Right. Uh, and I thought that was a mistake, and so <laughs> that we found one at least yeah, with you. It's interesting. Um, and since we're talking about bikes, Tim, I, I have to I have to uh, tell the story of the first time we actually met because we had corresponded via email about the um, the bike and hike event a couple of times uh, years ago, but had never actually met. Until one day, it's it's one of those weird stories, and you say, "Yeah, the first time I ever met him was in a random parking lot." <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> Worried about Craigslist and getting mugged. Yeah, so I um, was selling one of my bicycles, put it on Craigslist, and I remember getting an email to a, a a throwaway email address that I use for my Craigslist postings, and it said um, the response was from somebody named Tim Bile, and I remember I told my wife, I said, "I think I got a buyer for." for the red bike. And she says, Oh really? Like it was on the big deal. I said, but the funny thing is it's somebody that I think I, I kind of know, but I've never actually met. It's, it's Tim Bile from the food bank. So that was the first time we had actually met was, uh, over the, the transaction of selling my bike to you. Yep, met outside <laughs> of Toots, Toots Sweets. Toots Sweets. That's right. Transacted for your bike in the parking lot. That's <laughs> a couple of years ago. And I think my wife, it's, it's bike for her. It's her second bike. She's used it. I believe one time. Yeah. I hauled that bike all the way to Canada and back and for her not to use it one time about a year ago. Well, well you, you certainly would not be buying uh, a bike to ride that I own because you probably have a foot on me. You're, you're, you're quite a bit taller than me. <laughs> um, you, you, you have, you have all, so many other things going on. Um, you know, let's, let's talk briefly about the, uh, the, the master gardeners and, and um, some of the, some of the stuff that you've done with that organization. Uh, with the master gardeners, you'll make me feel bad because if any of the others were in the room that knew me or my wife was here, they would say what I have to agree to, which I'm probably in this Master Gardener class that I completed, I think, last fall, there are 53 students. They offer that course either yearly or bi-yearly, and I think they're going to offer it again starting spring of next year. Outstanding course put on by University of California in the Cooperative Extension. But of the 50 classmates, probably 60% were serious recreational gardeners. 30% were people professional gardeners or landscape people or whatever and only a few like me were people eager to learn a little bit about gardening that didn't know much my wife knows a lot more then and now about gardening than I do but what it is it's it's a 
it's a serious education on resources and through the University of California Davis website, I mean, about any question you might have about gardening, if you want to search that website, you can find an answer. I came out of that course with a stack of textbooks stacked side by side. They're about a foot deep. Um, and with Master Gardeners, you have to, if to keep your credential, you have to put in 50 or more hours per, per year. So what I first signed up to do was get on the newsletter committee, since I've been a newsletter guy for the Ski Patrol and the Fox Theater and others for off and on for a number of years. And that's what led to a meeting with the record to suggest to the record they start a gardening column, and that's what led me to now writing for the record, but that's another story. And the Master Gardeners, now the other project that I'm involved in, which I think is going to be a real interesting one, I got a call from one of the UC Cooperative Extension folks, Anna Martin, who is a Great person, good subject for you to interview. She's head of the, I think, the local group of University of California Cooperative Extension. She's looking for help for the Taylor Leadership Academy down just off 8th Avenue in southwest Stockton to help reinvigorate and reinvent a school garden. Mm. So I recruited another master gardener, George Redamosa. Some of your listeners may know George. And we kind of sketched out a couple of concepts for that school garden they're now in process of acquiring some of the materials, and we hope to kind of help rebuild part of that school garden uh, for Taylor Elementary, what used to be Tele- Taylor Elementary. It's now Taylor Leadership Academy, uh, starting in September and October. And I think that'll be a real asset to that community where they already have quite a few involved parents. And right next to that school, on a strip of power line, is a existing community garden that looks to me like it's about four acres oh, wow. that it looks like southeast asian neighborhood members tend a huge community garden right next to that school oh, wow. so we're trying to help them develop a teaching garden educational garden right there on a plot that's about 50 by 90 feet oh wow wow you mentioned the uh record and, and writing for the record and it's interesting full circle because you came to Stockton because of the record and now you have a um, both a blog and uh, a pretty regular Sunday travel piece in sure. the record. How, how did that come about? Well, I, I had a couple of years thinking pretty seriously about retiring at retirement age, which I'm now a year and a half past. And uh, I knew Steve Morales he and I worked at the record 20 years ago, and he's now become the electronic website whiz of Stockton as far yeah. as building websites <laughs> and social media. His sites and, are everywhere. And he acquired the caravan, I think, somewhat accidentally eight or nine years ago. So I went to Steve about three months before I retired with the idea that my wife and I wanted to travel a lot in the U.S., but particularly in California and Oregon and Arizona and Nevada. And I said to Steve, would you like to have some kind of a weekend getaways column? And he quickly said, sure. And uh, so I've been contributing a weekend getaways column to Caravan newspaper, which also goes up on their website for about a year and a half. And at the same time, I started a personal travel blog that was starting to get some decent viewership or readership. It was little places I know, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. And that's been fun, and I've got two brothers that are pretty good writers, so all three of us have always been fairly good at writing things. So I figured, well, I could travel, and I could take pictures, and I could write things up, and maybe I'd find some readers. 
with the record, though, through that Master Gardener program, about six months ago, I, I took three of my gardening cohorts down to the record, and we chatted with two of their editors, the idea of getting a gardening column start, restarted in the Saturday or the Sunday paper. And they kind of liked that, and they wanted to sign on a gardening blogger, and we now have three Master Gardeners that are writing a regular blog for the record for gardening, you know, just San Joaquin County specific. And a couple of days after that meeting, it occurred to me, well, I'm doing a personal travel blog, and I, they didn't mention a travel blogger. Why not me? And so I sent a couple of my favorite articles in, thinking it would take weeks for them to decide whether I was worth their time. Jumped on me within a couple hours. Oh, come on down, and we'll sign you up. So I did that. And when I worked up my first article or two, I thought the couple of initial ones I worked on were interesting enough that maybe they'd also run them in the Sunday travel pages, of which they didn't have much going. So I submitted the first one, I've forgotten what it was. The second one was Winter in Yellowstone. I remember that. I had some great pictures from a Winter in Yellowstone trip. And they liked those first two for Sunday publication. And now I've got five months in running of every Sunday. So now I'm <laughs> trying to sit a couple weeks ahead of the curve uh, and get something that's both a good reader, readership-wise blog and also get something off that they'll hopefully find interesting enough to publish in the Sunday paper, and they have so far. Yeah, and you know, the thing that I like about your pieces in the paper are they're, I mean, you live you live here in Stockton, and and also, a little side note, you and I drive the exact same kind of car, so it just so happens mm-hmm. that I know, okay, if Tim, you're writing about it, then I can get there too. Sure. It's, it's accessible and... Um, although you, uh, you've spent, man, the last year just following you on Facebook and, and, you know, keeping up with where you've been, even before you started writing for the record, you've been everywhere in this country. I mean, the, um, you know, the trip, um, back East that you made last year and, Mm -hmm. and all the stuff you've done for the record, uh, to all the, to the national parks, it's great to see that, you know, and the, the, to know that, oh, I'm this close to going up to Lassen or this close to, sure. Uh, Yosemite or whatnot, but that's uh, it's 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 good to see. Plus, it, the running joke um, for some of our mutual friends is, "Hey, where's where's Tim been lately? I'll just wait until Sunday, and we'll find out when we get the paper." <laughs> <laughs> we just we just toured the ghost ships in the Carquinez Straits oh, yeah. on a friend's boat here about five days ago. So, this Sunday's record story, assuming they publish it, I think they will, is a tour of the USS Hornet and the other Navy ships in the Alameda Naval Shipyards, and a boat tour of the remaining 18 or 19 ghost ships in the Carquinez Straits, Sassoon Bay. So I think that'll be interesting because I sent them some great pictures and enough detail on the Hornet and some of those ships waiting to be either scrapped or reused that that'll be a nice article. And tomorrow we're going to jump in the same kind of car you own, take our bikes over and pedal the San Francisco waterfront, for most of the day, and I'm going to update my knowledge of the Pampanito submarine and the Liberty ship, I think it's the Jeremiah O'Brien, I believe, that's right on Fisherman's Wharf, and retour the Hyde Street Pier, which those eight historic ships. So my target is a second follow-up article for the other warships and historic ships, Fisherman's Wharf and Hyde Street Pier. Wow. Well, Tim, you have certainly done a lot in your um, years here in Stockton, and you've you know you've traveled throughout California, throughout the United States. You've you know worked in leadership roles in the nonprofit world. You've worked in the 
newspaper business um, and you've seen lots of lots of things outside of Stockton but let's you know let's talk about let, let's talk about Stockton over the last 20 years what's you know what's happened what, what what have you seen what's the what's the what's the headline of the changes of the last 20 years I just relate this briefly I, I'd come from two and a half years in Toledo Ohio and I'd grown up between Akron and Cleveland so I knew what Ohio was like in Toledo, Toledo had some of the challenges that Stockton faced. Huge negative self-image by a lot of the residents. Uh, and Toledo was also saddled with, I think, 20 years before I got there, they had 13 or 14 Fortune 500 companies or down to about two as they'd all either gone out in the Rust Belt or moved somewhere else to the south or out of the country. But Toledo uh, didn't have the attributes Stockton has and didn't have the traditions, I don't think. It was a smokesack town that was still a auto-making town to some degree. It was saddled with Detroit just up the street. Uh, and I'm telling you, everybody in Toledo that I knew wanted to retire and moved either North Carolina or Florida, which I've never been a big fan of Florida other than maybe for a week in February perhaps. <laughs> uh, Stockton, you know, I got here and Joan Dare was the mayor. And after I went to work for the chamber, I got to know Joan somewhat. Um, I knew Mayor Ann. I saw what the city was doing for many of those years from both the Chamber of Commerce, well, from the record standpoint, the Chamber, the Downtown Alliance standpoint. The city has steadily had, I think, good leadership in elected officials, with maybe a few exceptions, uh, and with city staff some exceptionally good people, same with the county, I might add. And I thought when I left the Downtown Alliance and went to work for the food bank, which was about 10 or 11 years ago, it looked to me like downtown had turned the corner and was starting to percolate back, and Dan Court was getting company from Pat Craig and some other local, a little less well-funded developers, and there things were starting to happen downtown. And, of course, the city and the county were putting their bucks into downtown, and they have steadily. Uh, but I think what's taken the wind out of downtown and its comeback was the recession was not kind to this city and certainly not to downtown where you had a lot of entrepreneurial, less uh, deeply funded merchants that had fired up a new business that probably would have hung in there if the economy hadn't gone south, yeah. you know, in 2003, four and for about six years. Now it looks like things are starting to brighten up and we're starting to get back some of that. And now Dan Court's son, Zach Court's got a lot going on downtown and Dan Court's still involved. And so I've got hopes that downtown will continue to now turn back in the right direction. And I think you saw the record announced just a week ago. There's, they're talking about a 40 unit apartment complex. They call, I think they call it the Cal Weber 40. Uh, that would take that old ugly building on that corner and a next-door neighbor and turn into market-rate housing downtown. And that's, I think, the real key for downtown. And I'm not sure that's what you asked about my view of downtown. But Stockton, I, I just put a blurb out on my record blog asking people to kind of relate. If they had a visitor in town for a week, what oh, would yeah. be their top 10 must-take-my-visitor-from-Ohio-to-and-all-that and this town, without going, you don't have to go to Napa Valley. You don't have to go up in the foothills of the Sierra, although those are wonderful destinations an hour or two hours away. This town has some 
great things to show off the city with. Uh, and I'll bet there are places you could add to my list that I haven't seen, even though I've been here 22 years. Yeah. So I'm trying to remind people you got wonderful places to visit and show off to visitors a mile, two miles, five miles from your house. So, so what are your things? What are your things that if you have people from out of town, you, you, you take them to? I'm afraid you'd ask that. Uh, my random list that numbered 10, uh, what did I have? Uh, obviously the waterfront, downtown waterfront, because there's a lot going on there. And it's it's been the hub of this town for much of its first hundred some years and still is. Uh, the San Joaquin Delta, which that which is a part of, you know, we're we got all these finger channels of the Delta that come through. Unfortunately, other than the downtown waterfront, a lot of people can't really see it unless you drive a little ways. But the Delta, just to the west of town, is spectacular treasure. Um, I mentioned we've got more interesting ethnic-specific restaurants in this town than I'll bet any cities this side of Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, ethnic events, you know, f- and religious events that will show off the culture of this town. I mean, every week there's something going on if you care to seek it out. Uh, I threw in, obviously, the Hagen Museum, which I've only been to a couple of times and need to get back there. The San Joaquin Historical Society Museum up in Mickey Grove Park and the zoo and the... right. Um, if you got kids, Pixie Woods and the Children's Museum is a couple of options. I think I threw, oh, I knew I had a great picture and I had to use Garlic Brothers Deck in the summertime. Yeah. If you got guests from out of town and you can catch a nice evening there with the sun going down with the Delta outside the deck, no pla- better place to eat and talk about the thousand miles of Delta waterways when you can see the sun reflecting off that yep. marina just beyond Garlic Brothers. Uh, those are the kind of things I thought of. Yeah. And some of those aren't particularly original. I'm sure a few of those make everybody's list. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. I, uh, hopefully I'll get some comments from from my blog readers that say, oh, you really got to put something in about this. Yeah. Great. Great. All right, Tim. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. For folks that want to find where your travel blog is located, what's the best way to find that? Uh, I put up two blogs a week, and it's uh, I've got to stop and think. It's it's uh, blogs.esanwakin.com forward slash valley travel. Great, and we will put links in the show notes to um, to your travel blog in case you uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't catch that name, and uh, of course look for. Look for uh, Tim's pieces in uh, sun- most Sundays in the travel section of your local record. You bet. And I do throw my blog address and my email in there, and I just got a negative shot about skipping Whiskey Town Lake in a story about Reading a week ago. Oh, boy. <laughs> but they can find my email address and my blog in those record articles as well. <laughs> All right, Tim, thanks again for coming on the show. My pleasure, Matt. You've seen the list 
that Stockton women are among <laughs> the country's hottest. Finally, a list worth some merit. I wouldn't say among. <laughs> it listed the women in Stockton as the hottest. Number one. Number one. Number one. Wow. So m- my only observation is men were number five. That Stockton had the, is the, is it Stockton has the fifth hottest men or that Stockton is the fifth hottest city uh, whatever we were number five and women were number one right that doesn't seem fair <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that I, I think I'm thinking it's entirely fair and I think it's uh, it's got to be scientific right because it's it's from oh they app. all are aren't they it's called uh, an app that's called hot or not so that's <laughs> uh, I think users take pictures of themselves they submit it and uh, they rate it who knows how it works I I'm so um, really, it's um, who who takes the most selfies is what it is. Oh, maybe that's maybe what it that's is. it. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. A totally different dynamic, isn't it? <laughs> we just went from hot to not so much. There you go. The interesting thing um, is that you know there are there are always lists. There are always lists every year, every week. It seems like there's no list. Heck, this show was started in two thousand nine. Because we were on a list as the most miserable city. I mean, the and the lists just keep coming. That's right. All the time. And there are lists that we don't like to be a part of. There are lists that uh, serve as rallying cries and, and get the community to, to, to act. Um, or, or take umbrage. Or take umbrage. There you go. And it just seems that, you know, there's no shortage of a list. And there is a list... Um, a couple of weeks ago that named Stockton as the eighth most boring city in America, with which I took great umbrage. Yes, we um, all did. Any Stocktonian worth their metal did. Yes. And it was a real estate blog. Just Not to say that they don't have credibility, because that's a great thing about blogging. Anybody can do it and write whatever they want to write. But they wrote that list of top ten boring cities. Stockton was number eight. And it got a lot of people fired up. And it got their attention probably enough that uh, they then wrote a piece last week that said, here are 20 or 21 things you need to know about moving to Stockton. And it was a, yeah, it was a feel good piece. I mean, but clearly they didn't know anything about Stockton because in their original um, post, they included that one of the things you have to know about uh, moving to Stockton was make sure that you go to the asparagus festival in April. Uh, And they just did this last week. uh, So, it was after that whole thing happened, mm-hmm. but it's it's this, you know. I, I guess I don't know, but it must be a way for websites to get to get views. It's all about you know eyeballs, right? Yeah, Let's but write an article with lists. Yeah, but I I hate how that stuff, you know, sh- as you mentioned the blog post, but then it grows some legs, and then it gets to <laughs> you know to the media, and then you know it's out there. It's like I, I wish some of my blog posts could uh, grow some you legs need, like that and get to, some attention. There you go. You need to add, write a a list, a top ten about other places. And then oh, let people I get in it those now. Places I find get out, it. And then they'll take umbrage with and right. Then they, see that's how that's. What oh, we should, we should come up with a, a top, ten places that you think are cooler than Stockton but aren't. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Very good. Hmm. There you go. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. To to me list. It was funny though to see the, uh, the hot or not list that, um, uh, we we were number one. So congratulations to the. Uh, 
to the beautiful women or can, and congratulations to the men obviously <laughs> i mean yeah one in five right there <laughs> there you go thanks for listening to podcast stockton we'd love to hear your feedback Call or text our listener line at 565-3229. Send us an email at podcaststockton at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, username Podcast Stockton. And thanks again to Tim Vile for coming on to the show today. And for links to all of the things that we talked about on today's episode, check out the show notes at podcaststockton.com. From the Podcast Stockton crew, Matt, Manny, Rod, Greg, and myself, Susan, until next time, make it great, Stockton. Stockton.